All right, church, good morning. I thought the best invention ever made was Chick-fil-A. Is it not the chicken sandwich and the Jesus fries? Am I, am I mistaken this morning? Maybe I am a little bit, but I don't know. Guys, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? And it's good to see everybody this morning. I know we had some, uh, some bad weather that moved through uh, the other night, and I think it kind of hit close to home to a couple of folks in our congregation. And uh, I know Neil Howie was telling me some about it, and Miss Donna and uh, Rodney Bright was telling me that it hit the home on the road that they live in, and so uh, be praying for these folks that may have lost their home or lost some of their belongings, and uh, I know Rodney told me this morning they'd been dealing with a little bit of sickness, and so uh, Miss Sydney, just know that we're praying for you this morning, and so anyway, man, today is a day that I have been looking forward to because we are going to fire you up spiritually, and we're going to fire you up physically tonight, amen? You all didn't know the chili cook-off is tonight at 5.30. Y'all will laugh later. Amen. But, but, but that is the goal today is to get you spiritually fired up. And then this afternoon, we'll just have to wait and see where we go. But once you get your sermon outline out this morning, go ahead and turn to the gospel of Matthew chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 46 through 50 this morning. The gospel of Matthew chapter 12, verses 46. 50s where our sermon will be coming from. And so I want you to make sure you got your sermon outline ready this morning. Hopefully you got a pen or a pencil there in front of you as we work through the Word of God. Now, some of us older folks in here, including myself, will remember this song, We Are Family. Now, the song was originally recorded by an American vocal group by the name of Sister Sledge, Scott Bryan, amen. He's got it back here. The track was released as a single in April of 1979. I was three years old and began to gain club and radio play, eventually becoming the group's signature song. And the song became a number one R&B single and a number two pop song on the American charts in 1979. I'm not going to sing it, but it goes a little bit like this. We are family. I got all my sisters with me. We are family. Get up everybody in. Sing. Everyone can see we're together as we walk on by and we fly just like birds of a feather. I won't tell no lie. All of the people around us, they say, can they be that close? Just let me state for the record, we're giving love and a family dose. Family. It's really got me thinking a lot this week about family and about church family. See, when it comes to family, you can be born into a Christian household, a religious household, or maybe you were born in a home where there was an absence of belief. You can be born into a home of a certain race or maybe a combination of races, ethnicities, nationalities, you can be born into a household in which finances may be lucrative. Or maybe you were born into a household that's struggling to make it financially. You can be born into a household of cat fans. Forgive us, Lord. Card fans. Topper fans. Or maybe you were born into a household that roots for the Cincinnati Reds, and like me, you're emotionally drained. You can be born into a home where addiction is rampant. Morals and values seem disregarded. 
Or maybe you were born into a home of strict rules and expectations. I guess what I'm trying to say this morning is this. We can't help what family that we're born into. But we do have a choice in which family we join. In which family we invest in. And a family that we care for. A family that we love. And a family that we spend our eternity with. In our scripture this morning, we're going to see Jesus. He makes a statement that took many by surprise as his own family was wading through the crowd just to talk to him. So look at your Bible, Matthew chapter 12, as we read verses 46 through 50 this morning. Listen to the words of God. Now while he to the crowds, behold, his mother and his brothers were standing outside seeking to speak with him. And someone said to Jesus, Behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But Jesus answered the one who was telling him, and he said, Now this is where things start to become a little different. Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for our small group time this morning as we studied your word. Father, I thank you this morning for the choir and Brother Billy as they came. And they, Lord, they, they, they got us ready to, to worship and to hear your word this morning. Father, thank you for Brother Austin as he's come this morning. And, and God, he's uh, talking about the same thing with our children this morning, to get them to see the significance of being in the family of Christ. And so, Father, as we talk this morning, I know there's a lot of heresies that are going around our world. Father, there's a lot of unbiblical truths that are trying to be spread. But Father, I pray this morning as we read your word, we come to an understanding of what it means to be in Christ, of what it means to be family with one another, our brothers, our sisters in Christ this morning. Father, I pray as, as we hear these words, God, that we know for a fact that we are in the kingdom of heaven. Lord, that we know where our eternity lies. That, Father, we know if we left here today, Lord, and left this physical body, Father, we know that we would be with you. And so, God, I pray this morning, if there's one that don't know, if they're here or listening at home, Father, I pray this morning when the Holy Spirit knocks on that door, that they will not turn away, but that they will come, they will confess, they will believe, and they will admit their need of a Savior. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, I want to give you a little bit of history on families during the ancient days of Jesus, especially the Jewish family, per se. So in the days of Jesus, the importance of family was held in the highest regard. Loving God, worshiping God, upholding the Mosaic Law, it did stand at the pinnacle of, G of Jewish life. But right after that stood the value and the importance of the Jewish family. Now, in the Jewish household, in the days of Jesus, the father had absolute authority of the home. 
But along with the fatherly rights stood fatherly responsibilities in which the father had to provide for his wife and for his what? And for his children. Wives during these days had few legal rights. But wives did an extraordinary amount of the work and their husbands depended on them. Wives prepared the meals, they brought in the water, they baked the bread, they made the butter, they helped tend the animals, they cared for the children. Wives often generated extra income for the household by sewing and selling surplus oil and other food products. And as far as children was concerned, by Jewish law and custom commanded from children absolute respect, honor, and reverence for both their father and their mother. Children were greatly desired, and large families were very common, as children were helpful with the household duties and the duties that were in the fields. Several generations of families lived in the same town, providing a good support system. The family unit was the most important social unit in the ancient world as it was the center from which all other aspects of community and people emanated. But even though family was the center of the Jewish world, Jesus raised the bar on what it meant to be family. See, the Jews just thought their lineage as Jews was good enough because they were supposed to be God's chosen one. God's chosen people. But the words of Jesus within the Scripture make it obvious that the family of God, that there are some requirements. So this is where your sermon outline starts this morning. Get ready to write some of this stuff in because it starts with this. Number one, the family of Christ isn't entered into through one's natural what? Birth. Now notice I said is not. That means it's not going to happen through your natural birth. Jesus says, now follow me. You're like, Brother Donnie, I, I, I'm confused. We're going to clear all of this out this morning. We're going to iron it all out for everyone that's here that can hear. Jesus says, who is my mother and who are my, my brothers? So within this statement, Jesus is not excusing the family that birthed him, that raised him that provided for him, that taught him a trade in carpentry, that worshipped the Father with him, or who was concerned for his own good. Jesus is merely proposing a question for the crowds that would make them rethink what family truly means. See, the Jews were God's chosen people, according to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. But that does not mean that all Jews were saved automatically. In the book of Luke, John the Baptist said to the Jewish audience, therefore bear fruits in keeping with repentance and do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham. For I say to you that these stones that God is able to raise up children of Abraham, the rich man in Luke 16, who was a Jew, by the way, ended up in torment. He ended up in hell when he passed away. So his Jewish lineage did not what? It did not save him. In John 14, 6, Jesus told his disciples, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through who? Except through me. 
Jewish lineage wasn't going to save them. In John chapter 3, which is one of the most famous conversations all through the Bible, Jesus told Nicodemus, a Jewish Pharisee, these words. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of what? Of heaven. Did you catch those words? He said, you cannot. There is no maybe. There is no, well, you might possibly could. Jesus said, if it ain't through me, then you're not going to get to him. And so I want to make sure this morning that we are understanding we, the responsibilities and the requirements of what it means to be called a child of God and to be in the family of God. And so let me say this this morning, and I, and I feel like I'm probably going to step on a few toes. I'm probably going to upset a few people this morning because there's been some things that have been shared with us along the way that have been heretical that had been falsified. And so church, hear me, and I want you to make sure that you hear me well this morning. Your mother can be saved, but that doesn't mean you are. Amen? Your daddy can be saved, but that doesn't mean that... Your siblings may be saved, but that doesn't mean that, that you are. Christianity isn't something that's passed down through families or lineage, and it's not transferred by a piece of paper like a deed on a piece of property. Which leads to point number two. The family of Christ is entered into through one's what? Spiritual rebirth. Jesus, he looks at the crowds, and he says... Behold, my mother and my brothers. Now, Jesus is not disowning his physical family, but he was emphasizing that believing faith is the criteria for entrance into the spiritual family of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is saying that membership into the kingdom of God, it's not based off blood, it's based off a relationship with who? With Jesus Christ. And here's going to be something that's going to make us all a little bit uncomfortable. There's a popular heresy going around that teaches everyone on the planet is a part of the family of God. As some people claim, well, we're all just God's children. A few years ago, the great theologian, country singer, Alan Jackson, recorded a song that promoted this false belief. His song said, well, here comes a Baptist. Here comes a Jew. There goes a Mormon and a Muslim too. I see a Buddhist and a Hindu. I see a Catholic and I see you. We're all God's children. We're all God's children. We're all God's children. Why can't we be one big happy family? That song is not biblical. Now church, stay with me. I've already got some of your blood pressure rising. Stay with me. Yes, God is the creator, but we are not all God's children. Yes, God loves us, but we are not all God's children. 
In 1 John 3.10, the Bible says, Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. So to say we're all God's children is an attractive, polite, tolerant way to speak about the Lord and people's current view of heaven. But here's the problem. It's not biblical. Now, I can go around to everybody and scratch your ears and rub your back and tickle your toes with good words to make all of us feel better. But the truth of it is that I'm here to tell you the truth. I'm here to proclaim the Word of God. I'm not here to proclaim the Word of our society, of our culture, of our government, or a man. But I'm here to tell you what the Word of God says. And the Word of God tells us to be in the family of God. There's some requirements that has to take place. You can come from the best home that God has ever made. Your mama and your daddy could have been the most committed Christians that have ever walked in to the church. It's Cecilia Baptist Church. But that does not mean that through their lineage and through their commitment to the church in Jesus Christ, that does not mean that that washed off onto to you. You have to be born again. You have to make a profession of Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Mama and Daddy cannot look at you and say, well, we're saved, so Junior is saved. It does not work that way. That's heretical. And what we're doing, we're teaching people, no, you don't have you don't have to come and confess. You don't have to come and admit. You don't have to come and believe. You are just Christian through me. No, that's not how it works. If that's the case, then why did God ever send the Son? It's a personal relationship. You cannot put it on layaway, amen? You cannot get it from mom. You cannot get it from dad. You have to make the decision for you. The gospel has got to be quit watering down. People are scared to death to preach the truth because we're going to make somebody mad, preacher. We're going to upset somebody. We're going to make somebody feel uncomfortable. We don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. We want them to just get in the doors. We just want numbers. We just want more and more and more. Now, I'm tired of that. I'm going to tell the truth and preach the truth. And if people don't like it, then listen, I'm going to tell you, that's Satan hindering your growth in Christ Jesus. That's Satan telling you, you don't need to know the truth. You don't need to know God's Word. You're fine with your own Word. It'll lead you to a bridge that goes nowhere. I want you to listen to what the Bible does say. You ready? The Bible does say in Acts 2, 21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? You'll be saved. The Bible does say that Jesus came to seek and that which was what? What was lost. The Bible does say God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Listen to these words from Pastor Colin Smith. Here's what he says. Word, not my words, his words, but listen to this. No one is born a Christian. No one. Sin runs in the blood. Grace does not. You may say, I come from a good family. I was born to Christian parents. That may be true, but that doesn't make you a what? That doesn't make you a Christian. Sin runs in the blood. Grace does not. If you've been working on the assumption that grace runs in the blood and sin does not, please listen to the Bible. 
You cannot ride into heaven on the faith of your parents or your friends or by being part of the church. Now, this is good news. If grace ran in the blood, then those who came from faithless families would have no hope. Sin is the great leveler. We're all sinners by nature and practice. We all stand on a level playing field before God. Sinners to whom God offers His grace in Jesus Christ. So, Pastor, how do I gain entrance into the family of Christ? Romans 10, 9, the Bible tells us, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, then you will be what? You'll be saved. If you want to be a part of the family of Christ, you've got to profess your belief in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You must be reborn spiritually. And when you are reborn spiritually, here's where number three comes into play. The family of Christ reveals our membership to others by acting upon God's will and not our what? And not our own. Now, how many of you all in here are members of something? Everybody ought to be raising your hand. Every single one of us in here throughout our life have been members of something. Now, membership normally costs us something. Would you agree to that? I mean, stop and think about this. If you join Planet Fitness, if you join E-Town Swim and Fitness, if you join the local golf club, or maybe you join Sportsman's Lake, there's a fee that you have to pay to enjoy the perks of the membership. Well, here's the good news about the family of Christ. You don't know a thing. Jesus has already paid up. 1 Peter 2.24, the Bible says, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross that we may die to sin and live to righteousness, for by His wounds you are healed. Jesus bore our sins on the cross so that we can have forgiveness of our what? Of our sins. Jesus died on the cross so that we would die to sin. Jesus came out of that tomb and had new life so we could have new life in who? In Jesus Christ. And through this new life, through confession of Jesus as our Savior, Jesus expects that we don't, don't give Him what? Lip service. But Jesus says in verse 50, these words, For whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now church, many people are going to spend their lives either trying to figure out God's will or just completely ignoring it. I want to give you three aspects this morning for every single one of us if you're a Christian. This is not systematic. This does not cover Christianity as a whole. But I want to give you three things this morning. If you're searching for God's will in your life and you're having a hard time figuring out, the first asterisk is this. Be transformed by the renewing of your what? Of your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. 
Now, this world presents a continuing pressure for us to conform. According to the changes in society, even when the changes do not align with the word of God, we feel pressured. We feel frightened. And many times we just give, we just give in. But when our mind is being renewed, our mind is more concerned about eternal things and not so much about the temporary things. A renewed mind helps us to understand that we are the salt and the what? Light of the world. And so we're led by the Holy Spirit and we're not led by man. If I was to ask you this morning to get really, really personal in your life right now, if I asked you this question, what would you say? Do you feel like your life at this very moment is being more influenced by the Spirit of God or by the Word of man? What would you say? Culture usually stands countercultural to God. Societies, communities. Many people today are more worried about the word of man than they are the word of God. And can I tell you why? Because the word of God stands in contrast to many of the values and the morals and the ethics that we see in this world today. And so for us Christians, it's just easier to give in. It's just easier to give up than it is to stand up and to speak up and to tell the truth. Church, listen to me today. You don't have to be hateful in telling the truth. Amen? We don't have to tell people they're going to hell. We don't have to spit fire and brimstone at them. But we do have a responsibility to share the truth and responsibility to share the word of God. The second thing is this, practice spiritual disciplines. Practice spiritual disciplines. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So spiritual disciplines, we'll be talking about, Pastor, thankfulness, reading the Word of God, service, worship, celebration, etc. Practice these things. These should be something that is embedded in everything that we do every week. Did you know nowadays the majority of Christians feel like they are committed if they go to one service a month? One service a month, now they tell themselves they're committed. How many times a day do you get on your phone? How many times a day do you watch TV? How many times a day do you run home to get on the football game or the basketball game or the baseball game or whatever it may be? Because those are things that are easy to be committed to, right? Being a Christian, God never said it was going to be what? He never said it was going to be easy. 
but Jesus gave everything for you. He gave his very life for you. And he rose again for you. Disciplines. And last but not least, one word, love. Matthew 22, the, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as what? As yourself. You know, I have often found when we don't love people, we typically don't have a healthy love for the Lord. And I do realize you may look at me and say, Brother Donnie, you have no idea what people have put me through. And you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. Are you ready? People can be mean. People can be cruel. People can be rude. But Jesus says we still have to love. And Jesus says if you don't love others, then you don't love me. Are we loving God? Are we loving people? No one can pass their Christianity on to you. And it can't be gained through one's lineage. It can't be gained through one's blood. But you can join the family of Christ by admitting your need of a Savior. Realizing we're sinners and through Jesus our sins are forgiven as we place our faith in Him as our Savior while confessing Him as our Lord. One of the hardest conversations that I have ever had in my pastorate took place within the first two years when I started preaching a mother came to me, and her son had passed away in an accident. After church, and she was in tears, and I could tell that she, there was something very emotionally charged going on in her life. And she said, Pastor, can I, can I talk to you for a moment? I said, Absolutely. And she said, my, my son has passed away recently. He was a teenager. And she said, can you tell me that he's in heaven? And I could really tell that her heart was hurting. I could tell she needed to hear something from me that was going to make her feel better. And so I asked her, I said, ma'am, did your son ever admit his need for Jesus? Did he ever profess Jesus Christ as Lord? And she said, I, I don't know. And I said, well, ma'am, I said, I'm sorry, but I, I, I can't tell you what you're wanting to hear from me. And then I looked at her as she was crying, and I said, but are you saved? And she said, well, I don't want to talk about that right now. So she was worried about her son's salvation. But she wasn't concerned about her own. Moms, it's not Mother's Day. Dads, it's not Father's Day. But can I tell you something this morning? 
if you're concerned about your children's salvation, be a Christian witness to them first. You need to show them Christ. It looks like to love the Lord and what it means to love people. People know we're members of a business or club usually by our involvement. If someone examined your life today, and I want to get real personal, you ready? If someone examined your life today, would they know you're a member of the family of Christ? Would they know? I want to ask you this morning, are you ready? I asked Brother Jim Reeser right back here at the church, I said, are we family? And I'm not talking about blood. I'm talking about the family in whom our Savior spilt his blood. Amen. Are we family? When the book of life is read according to Revelation 20, will your name be read as being part of the family? We are family. And I'm going to change it just a little bit. I've got all my brothers and sisters with me. Stand up everybody and sing. But the question is this morning is this. Is that you? When that book of life is opened and those names are read, real quick, you're either going to spend eternity with Jesus or you're going to spend eternity without you can't be born into the family. You got to be spiritually reborn. Are we family? This morning, his brother Billy comes and he leads us in a song. This is a question for you to answer for yourself. And maybe some of you this morning, your family, but you've been the, the black sheep. Amen. Maybe some of you have strayed and you need to come and you need to straighten out your life today, starting right now. Because if somebody examines you, what would they find? Change can be made, amen? And today, it can start today. Will you stand as we sing?